Morning, Kavanaugh. Bring your coffee on in, y'all that are out there. Let's stand and let's worship our king. Thank you. And as you're seated, uh, let's give Shannon a big hand. Man, he's tearing the drums up over there today. Wow. Always, I always wanted to be a drummer, man. I always wanted to be a drummer, but I can't keep rhythm, man. So I get into that. Great job, Shannon. Man, that was awesome. Good to see you today. Glad you're here at Kavanaugh Church. Let me give you my rendition of Psalms 122. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to church. Yeah. And here we are in church. Welcome, you balcony people. Hey, glad to have you today, balcony people. 
Come on, balcony people. Wake up, balcony people. You guys on the floor, hey, come on. That's how to do it. One more time, balcony people. Yeah, you're getting it. We're going to start the wave here in a minute, and it's going to be, it's going to be it. For the, hey, for those of you online, I am so glad you're watching, but man, I wish you could be here because it's about to get really good. Why? It's Mother's Day. Wow. You, you ladies, can I tell you something? I love you, lady. You are awesome. If you are here today and you are a female, the way God made you, you're a female gender, would you just raise your hand if you're a lady? Raise your hand. We honor you. All, if you don't have your hand raised up, give the ones with the raised hand a big round of applause. Man. Can I tell you something? If it, if, if it were not for mothers, none of us would be here today, right? We owe them everything. And uh, I've been your pastor 24 years. We always make a big deal on Mother's Day and always have great gifts, don't we? I mean, we're, really, we've, we've always given the best, the best the really, best. Right. because we have the best. And we give the best. And, but you know what? This year, I wanted it to be a great gift, but I just wanted to, I wanted to get through all the flu-flu and yeah-yeah and just give you a good, practical, great gift that you can use and enjoy. Use it up. Enjoy it. So that's what we're going to do today. We just, that's what we've done. We've just, and, and what do women, what do ladies like the most, guys? What do ladies love the most? Diamonds. Well... That's what, that's what they said first service. I wasn't expecting the diamond thing. So what I said first service, yeah, and that's why the, the staff spent all week in Hope, Arkansas with little shovels. We were, we were digging diamonds for you ladies and came up with the great big zero. So what's the next big thing that ladies love? Chocolate. We, we do have chocolate for you. Let me, can, huh, 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 wait a minute. This is not just any chocolate. Gourmet chocolate. Did, did you know that besides Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, the best chocolate factory in the universe is right here in the River Valley? Copper Kettle. That's what we've done. We've barred no expense this year. We've, we have gone to Copper Kettle, and we have, uh, we've made sure that we have the best the best, where's my helpers at? Anybody going to help me do this? We need, need help. I'm, I'm, I'm sinking. I need some help here, guys. Come on. We've got, we've got this candy for you ladies. And let me, just, let me show you. It's pretty, pretty cool, isn't it? It's, it is a beautiful box. And look on the inside. Not just one piece of gourmet chocolate. Not just two. Not just three. But can I say there are four pieces <laughs> Four pieces of gourmet chocolate. And some, some of you ladies are saying, oh, oh, but I, I love chocolate, but I can't have it. I have to have sugar-free. We have sugar-free chocolate for those of you who can't have sugar. Sugar-free. The sugar-frees are in these dark chocolate-covered boxes, all right? And so if you need sugar-free, you make sure that you get you a sugar-free set. Same thing in each section, four sections. But you know what? It's not just mothers. We love our mothers. But ladies, if you are a lady, a female, would you stand up? If you're a lady, stand up. Doesn't matter what age. If you're a lady, stand up. Again, let's give these ladies a big hand. And ladies, ladies, come down and get some chocolate right now. Come on.
Wonderful. Awesome. Fantastic. We counted pretty good. Y'all ladies up on stage, get one. Make sure, make sure, you, get, get, make sure you get one. After. And if you didn't get one and, and you're a, a lady, just see us after church. We, we want to get you one because I know what's going to happen if, if they don't get taken and eaten. Uh, these staff guys are going to gobble them down, aren't they? So, yeah. Hey, ladies, ladies, God bless you. We love you. Got a great message for you here in a moment. But once again, let's give it up for our ladies. Can we do that? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Why don't y'all stand up and let's continue to worship together today.
able to touch those folks that are here. And if they don't know you, God, as your Savior, as their Savior, I pray, God, that they would come to know you before it's everlasting too late. I'm so thankful, God, for this service today, for this church, and for all of the activities that are going on. I pray, God, that you would bless those little children back there. And I pray a special blessing upon all of the mothers. And I'm so thankful, God, for mine. And I'm so thankful for my kids and for all that you've done for me and my family. And God, I just pray now that you would continue to move. And you would move over the Spirit and do over this church and do only what you can do today. And I pray, God, for Brother Will as he brings us the message this morning. That you would pour your special anointing on him and that he would say exactly the words that we need to hear. I'm so thankful that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me and to save us and all of our sins. And it's these things, God, in your precious name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, praise team. Great job. Give them another big hand because they did super. Appreciate that. Amen. Well, what a week. I'll tell you what. I am not a shopper. Anybody, any guys out here, y'all, any, any guy in here just really enjoy going shopping? I don't really enjoy shopping to go shopping. When I go shopping, I turn it into a quest, a mission, okay? Uh, I don't go into a store just to look at stuff and... I go with a purpose, all right? So I know why I'm going. I'm going to find the best deal I can get. I'm going to get it, and I'm going to get out. Amen. Come on, yeah. That's, that's the way shopping ought to be done. Well, this week I was on a mission. Why? Because today is Mother's Day. And uh, had to, I, my mom deserves the very best, so I had, to, I had to really shop hard for my mama and I knew that my sister that lives in Stanton, Texas, I knew pretty much what my sister is going to get her, so I had to outdo my sister. It's a little competition going there. And so that was, that was a mission. That was a task. I, I want to buy my wife a Mother's Day gift because she's the best mom that there is. And then I knew my oldest daughter, Whitney, was coming with her two babies, and she's an awesome mom. And so I wanted to get Whitney a, a, a Mother's Day gift. And, and besides that, Whit, Whitney's here with her two babies, Ella Jane and Archie, my, my grandchildren. Did y'all know, y'all know Ella Jane and Archie? Did y'all know my two-year-old granddaughter already has a job? Y'all know that? She's, she is employed, gainfully employed, as a model. Really, this some kind of kid's clothing line. What's the name of the place? Cecile and Lou. Cecile and Lou. I guess they make kids' clothing. They, they hired Ella Jane to be a, a model for them, and she's already had a couple of gigs. <laughs> and she's actually, they pay her for doing that. I love it. I love it. So anyway, Whitney's here, and so I, had, I needed to buy Whitney a gift. And so I knew what I was going for, and I went and I got it. And I felt good about it, Gary. I felt good because I conquered. But then the hard part came. Because not only do you have to have a gift, you've got to have a, a card. Who, who invented that? I have no... So anyway, I, 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 I did my, my pre-work. I drank a whole pot of coffee because I was going to need it. And I went to Walmart Supercenter. Did you know they had like three rows of cards and, and, and here's the deal. You can't go in and just pick up a card without looking at it. You've got to read it and make sure it is the right card for the right person. Okay? Y- y'all know that? And, I, man, it took forever. I was in Walmart so long that I had to go to the bathroom twice <laughs> because of all the coffee I'd had. Picking cards I was reading, but I did. I picked out the perfect card for each of these three ladies. And, and while I was reading these cards, it kind of reminded me of, of great Mother's Day cards I have read in the past. Y'all want to hear my absolute favorite Mother's Day card? I know you want to hear this. So here it is. It's a card, and on the outside it says, Mom, I remember that special little prayer you used to pray for me. And then you open up the inside of it, and you read that prayer. God help me if you do that again. <laughs> 
That's a great one, isn't it? My, my second favorite Mother's Day card is, has a picture of a husband and wife on the outside. Then you open it up, and it's the same picture of the husband and wife. And under the man, it says, if daddy ain't happy, who cares? <laughs> and then under mama, it's, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. A very weak clap there because y'all are afraid to say, yeah. <laughs> Moms, listen, I hope that today you are happy. And, and, and you know what? I, I wouldn't expect anything less because of the great gift we just gave you. So I know all the mothers here are thrilled. Here's something else I want you to know. What you do is important. On, on a very serious note, what you do as a mother is important because you are influencing lives, not only as your children and grandchildren live on planet Earth, you are influencing lives for eternity. Now, sermons come to me from various ways, and, and I'd like to say that I, I'm always get a sermon but just through prayer, but that's, that's not always the case. For example, this sermon today. I knew I was going to preach on Mother's Day, but it was actually my wife who inspired this particular message. And it happened on Tuesday morning. Every morning I go to the living room, have a cup of coffee, do my devotions. Angie is doing her devotions elsewhere. That morning we were getting ready to come into the office and she said, I had a very interesting devotion this morning that really got me to thinking. And I said, well, where, where was the passage? And she showed me the passage. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And here was the couple of verses that she read to me. So Jehoshaphat ruled over the land of Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother was Azubah. Don't y'all like that name? It's a cool name, Azubah. Say it with me on three. One, two, three. Azubah. So if, if any of you ladies are pregnant and you're, you're looking for a cool name for your daughter, Azubah. She was the daughter of Shilhai. Jehoshaphat was a good king, following the ways of his father Asa. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. And I said, Angie, what, what is intriguing about that passage to you? And she said, well, because it listed his mother, Azuba. And she said, I got to searching the scriptures on that. And every time in the, the lineage of the genealogies of the kings of Israel... When it would list the mother of a king, it was usually because he was a good king. And he did what was pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. And she said, I, I studied it out and I, I found that Azuba was a great godly mother. And the reason she is listed is because of her godly influence over her son who became the king. She said, isn't that cool? And I said, you know what? It is cool. And that little mouse in my brain started spinning the wheel. And I'm thinking, you know what? Th there's a sermon coming out of this. And I started thinking about it and studying it. The very next morning when we were getting ready, Angie said, I've got another passage of Scripture for you. Two chapters later, 2 Chronicles chapter 22. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem only one year. And his mother was Athaliah, a granddaughter of King Omri. Ahaziah also followed the evil example of King Ahab's family, for his mother encouraged him in doing what was and I don't have it listed, but in the very next verse it says, And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Angie said, Isn't that a horrible statement? That this young man did what was wrong because of the evil influence that his mother had over him. She encouraged him to do what was wrong. And you know what I, I discovered? There is a theme or a motif that goes all the way through Scripture about the influence that a mother has over her family. And I would debate with anybody in this room today that the most influential person in any family is not the domineering dad 
or the spoiled brat kid. No, the most influential person in a family is the mama. And you think that went out. And as I studied the Word of God, I, I, I saw this in, in living form. Let me just share a few stories with you this morning. Can we do that? Are, are you with me? A few stories of the influence a mama had on her children. The first one is a great example. It is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Let me take you to, Matt, to Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. This is actually Mary's song. She has just discovered that she is going to give birth to our Messiah, God's Son. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is the name of the Lord. How about an amen for that? What a good prayer that Mary gave to the Lord. Because she knows, she knows that her job as a mother is going to outlive her. In fact, she said that in verse 50. She said from generation to generation, they're going to know the ministry and the work of my son. And even now before her son is born, she realizes that her role in bearing him and raising him is going to have eternal significance. And indeed it does. Remember the words of this famous proverb? The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Through their children, mothers touch eternity. Why is that so? Well, here's the thesis of my message. What the mother is, the child usually becomes. Set on that for a moment. What the mother is, the child usually becomes. Watch how Mary would touch the life of her son, our Savior. The motto of Mary's life is found in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. This is the theme of her life. I am the Lord's servant. May it be unto me as you have said. In other words, she is saying, God, my life is in your hands. Your will be done in my life. I want to follow your plan for my life. And her faithfulness would become the theme of her life, and not only her life, but the life of her son. I don't want to bore you with Bible facts, but here are the facts. She had Jesus circumcised on the eighth day and given the name assigned by the angel Gabriel. The Gabriel, angel Gabriel said to Mary, you shall call his name Jesus. She redeemed him as the firstborn according to the Old Testament law, Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 2. She offered sacrifices for her own purification 40 days after giving birth, as the law said. She and Joseph would bring Jesus to the feast of the Passover every year, even though it was a long, slow, tiring, and expensive trip. Why? To be faithful to God and to teach her young son to be faithful to his heavenly father. Let me ask you, is it any wonder that 33 years later, facing the greatest decision of his life and all eternity, that Jesus would look up to heaven and say, not my will, but thine be done. Amen. Where did he learn that? You say, well, he's the son of God. He learned it from his mama. Remember what the theme of her life was? I am the Lord's servant. May it be unto me as you've said. M not my will, Lord, but yours be done. She had, he had heard his mother say that numerous times, and, and that just became the theme of his life. And I'm here to tell you, what the mother is, the child usually becomes. Now, it's not always that way. You know that. It doesn't always play out that way. We all have freedom of will, and some children reject even the godliest of mothers. And mamas, I don't want you to get down today because sometimes your touch and your example and your influence will become most obvious in the life of your children after you're gone. But the relationship between a mother and a child is clear. So I'm going to repeat it again. What the mother is... The child usually becomes. 
So mamas, never underestimate your role and your significance. You have unbelievable influence in your home. The Bible is full of stories. And again, I don't want to bore you, but can I share a couple of them with you? I want to go back to the Old Testament. A man by the name of Moses. Remember him? His mother was Jochebed. You know the story. For 400 years, the, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. They became so numerous that the Pharaoh was nervous that the Israelites would become so powerful they would overthrow the government. And so he made two mandates, the second one being every male baby boy of the Israelites is to be thrown into the Nile River. We are to kill every baby boy. About that time, this lady, Jochebed, and her husband had a baby. And it's interesting reading that story in, in the book of Exodus that when she looked at him, she knew there was something special about her son. And she was not willing to give him away or, or to throw him into the Nile River. And so it says, for three months, Nathan, she hid him. You tell me, dude, how hard was that? to hide a little baby for three months because when babies want something, what do they do? They cry. They cry. And after three months, she could hide him no longer, and so she devised this plan. She made a little basket. She put Moses in the basket. She put the basket in the Nile River at the exact time that she knew Pharaoh's daughter was going to come down and take a bath. And sure enough, Pharaoh's daughter came down there. She saw this little basket floating, heard something. She lifted the lid, and she said, oh, a new puppy. That was a perfect cry right at that time, wasn't it? Thank you, thank you Lord, for coordinating that and working that. That's, that's awesome. Oh, what a precious little baby. Oh, I want to keep this little baby for my own. Jochebed was so smart that she had Moses' big sister over in some reeds hiding and when she heard Pharaoh's daughter shout with glee that she found a little baby, Moses' big sister ran over to her and said, would you like for me to go find a Hebrew woman who can nurse this baby for you? <laughs> yes, please do so. Guess who she went and asked? Moses' own mother. Huh? And so through those formative years of his life, he was raised by his mama. And when he became of age, Jochebed took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he lived in the palace and became the prince of Egypt. From that point on, he lived in a pagan culture, under a pagan religion, with pagan traditions. Yet because of his mother and the firm foundation she gave him as a young boy, he never forgets his God nor his own people. And one day he leads his people out of Egypt and into the promised land. I'm here to tell you what Jochebed was in commitment to God and to God's people, Moses became. Another pretty cool story. This time the lady's name is Hannah. Hannah was a prayer warrior. Uh, back in those days, a husband had multiple wives can, can I just stop right here and step over here and say, that is not a good idea, is it? I, that was just a disaster waiting to happen. And so he's, he's got these two wives. Hannah was one of them. She was barren, couldn't have any children. The other wife, she had a bunch of kids, and she would always poke fun at Hannah because Hannah's womb was closed and didn't have any babies. And, and it really got to bearing on Hannah. One day they are at, at God's house. She is in the temple praying and she is crying out to God, God, please open my womb. God, please give me a son. And she made a promise, God, if you give me a son, I will give that boy back to you. Eli was the priest, and Eli was watching this woman as she knelt down and, and prayed. And she was praying in her spirit. Her lips were moving, but no words were coming out. And Eli thought she was drunk. And he went over to her and said, woman, get out of the temple of God. You're, you're drunk. It's too early in the day to be drinking like that. And she says, oh, Eli, I'm not drunk. I'm just crying out to God. I'm praying that God would give me something that, that I really desire. And he said, may the Lord give you whatever you're praying for. And guess what? She became pregnant. 
She gave birth to Samuel, and she loved that boy. She poured her life into him. And after he became of age, she took him back to the house of God, and she fulfilled the commitment she had made to the Lord. She literally gave him back to God. And I want you to know how Samuel turned out. He became Israel's last great judge, first prophet, and great spiritual leader. All of that was learned from his mother. What Hannah was in trusting God, Samuel became. That's pretty cool, isn't it? What the mama is, the child usually becomes. Let me give you another one. This one's cool, John the Baptist. Y'all know John the Baptist? His mom was Elizabeth. She was an older lady. She was related to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And when Mary found out she was pregnant, she knew that Elizabeth, an older woman, was also pregnant. And so she went to see Elizabeth. The story is also found there in Luke chapter 1. Look at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted her relative Elizabeth. And remember, Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you are going to bear. Now, a couple of things about this verse that really are intriguing to me is that when she saw Mary and Mary greeted her, the baby inside of Elizabeth, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. The cool thing about that is John the Baptist was going to be the forerunner of Jesus. He was born before Jesus, and he would spend his life going across the countryside preaching about Jesus, telling the people a Messiah is coming that's going to set you free spiritually. And Elizabeth knew that because the greeting that she gave Mary spoke of her son being the forerunner of Jesus Christ and exalting Jesus. I'm here to tell you what Elizabeth was in witness to Christ, John the Baptist became. Hmm? And, and, and when I discovered that on Thursday, I shared it with Miss Angie, because we're kicking this sermon back and forth. She helped inspire it. And I told her, isn't that, isn't that cool, the, the influence that the mama had on the child and how John the Baptist turned out just like his mother? And Angie said, yeah, but think about how John the Baptist died. This is a sad story. But let me just, can I share it with you just real quick? Because it, it plays into John's life. It's found in Matthew chapter 14. Herod, Herod is the king. Herod had taken John, John the Baptist, and put him in prison. Why? It was because of Herodias. There's always a lady involved, isn't there? Go on, laugh with me. Who was Herodias? She was the wife of his brother Philip, okay? So Herod had a brother named Philip who was married to Herodias. Herodias and Philip broke up, and Herod took Herodias, Philip's wife. You could make a movie about that, couldn't you? For John had said to him, it is against the law for you to have her. He would have killed John, but he was afraid of the people because the people thought John was one who spoke for God. On Herod's birthday... The daughter of Herodias danced in front of them. Herod was made happy by her. He promised he would give her anything she asked. Because her mother told her to do it, she said, Give me the head of John the Baptist on a silver platter. The king was sorry, but he said for it to be given because he had promised and because of those who were eating with him. So he sent to the prison and had John's head cut off. It was brought on a plate and given to the girl, and she took it, and he, she gave it to her mama. Wow. Wow. Just as Elizabeth, the mama, was a positive influence on John the Baptist, Herodias, the mother, was a bad influence on her daughter. Let me tell you, what the mama is, the child usually becomes. Now, that was a downer, wasn't it? You're a little depressed right now, aren't you? That was bad. Bad mama. Bad mama. Let's don't end with a bad mama. 
Y'all don't want to end with a bad mama, do you? Let's end with a good mom. Not only a good mama, let's end with a good granny, too. How many of y'all are grannies out there? I told the first service that yesterday, Cowpoke and I went down to uh, this side of Durant, Oklahoma. I call it Durant. Little, little town called Albany. Anybody ever been to Albany? Albany, Oklahoma. It's just kind of a little spot in the road. And a cowboy friend of ours has a, a big arena there. He's actually got a cowboy church, and he shoots cowboy action. He had a big match down there, and so we went down there to shoot his match and, and uh, spent the day right there in, in Albany, Oklahoma. And we're on a posse, okay? There's, there's cowboys, cowgirls on a posse, and we're shooting different stages. And we had 16 people on our posse. There was a, a granddad and a grandmama on our posse. The granddad's name is Roadrunner. We, we've shot with Roadrunner years. And his wife, you know what his wife's name is? Lady Roadrunner, right? <laughs> you got Roadrunner and Lady Roadrunner. They're great people, salt of the earth people, aren't they, Keenan? They're just wonderful folks. And uh, we've known them for, I don't know, I've known them at least 10 years. And just good, good people. Well, when we started shooting, they had a little grandson who was probably, I don't know, he was maybe six years old when I first met him. And Granny was pouring into him and Granddad, and they were teaching him how to shoot. He's 16 years old now. And he's a good shooter, I'm telling you. But his brother and sister have started shooting as well. And so they were on our posse, and all day yesterday I kept, I kept hearing these family discussions going on. Now, Roadrunner, the granddad, his job is real simple. He makes all the bullets for all of them to shoot, and he makes sure all the guns are working between stages, all right? So he's, he's consumed in doing that. But Lady Roadrunner, the granny, she's kind of like a mother hen. And I'm telling you, I, I heard her all day. I, I was tuned into her, is what I was. I heard her, and she would be talking to these grandkids the whole time. She never stopped talking to them. And I mean, she was giving them good instruction, and she would talk like this. She said, now listen, when you go to the loading table, you need to make sure you got all your bullets with you this next time, okay? Just make sure before you go up there, you got your bullets. Then she got on to one of the little grandsons because he had taken his hat off. And she said, now listen, it, you've got to wear your hat. So put that cowboy hat back on. I heard him say, Granny, it's hot out here and the wind's blowing. It keeps blowing it off. I don't want to wear that hat. She says, now you've got to obey the rules. We, we go by the rules out here and you, you need to obey the rules. And I mean, that was going on the whole day. Last stage we shot, stage seven, I was the timer operator. I got to run the timer there. And she was the last one to shoot. You know why she was the last one to shoot? She was taking care of her little chicks the whole time. She was, she was taking care of these grandkids, more concerned about them than she was herself. And I saw her over there, and I said, Folks, can we give it up for the gra best granny in the world? Lady Roadrunner. She's the best granny there is. And everybody started clapping for Granny Roadrunner. Let me tell you, she had an influence on those kids. They were some of the nicest, sweetest, most well-behaved kids I've ever met. Aren't they, cowpoke? And I'm, you know where they got it from? Their grandmother. So can we hear it for grannies in here today? It's not just mamas who influence their kids. It is grandmothers as well. I know that from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Listen to what Paul said. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that same faith now lives in you. It was Timothy's mother and his grandmother that influenced his life for God as their examples of Christians. Timothy got his faith from his mama, and she got her faith from her mom. There is no mention of a father or a grandfather in this home. And as Paul looked at Timothy, he saw a young man who was strong in biblical doctrine. He saw a young man who was ready to be a leader in not only the church, but in the kingdom of God. Why? Because he had a mother and a grandmother of great faith. And they instilled that faith and that commitment to God in him. Can I say it one more time? What the mama is 
and the grandmother, the child usually becomes. I want to say this to all you ladies in this room. Our society does not affirm you today like they should. And if you are a lady, if you're a woman, you need to be proud of that. God made you special. You you are much more special than us guys. Can I hear an amen about that? And the influence that you have in your home and on your family and on your kids and in this world is of eternal significance. What you teach your kids and your children and your grandchildren, they are going to learn. What you show them, they follow. And what you are, they become. So, here are the lessons we learned for today. Three of them I want you to take home with you. Ladies, number one, would you be encouraged? Put a smile on your face, ladies. Just give me a big smile. Let me see some teeth. Be encouraged today. You are shaping eternal souls. As you are good and godly, as you live for Jesus Christ and his church, your children are being shaped and molded. Sometimes more than you will ever know or see yourself. What you do matters. It matters. I love this verse, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we faint not. So ladies, be encouraged. What you do matters. I've told you this story so many times, you have it memorized now, but it was Gypsy Smith, the great evangelist, who preached a revival, and after he got back home, he received a letter from a woman. It said, Pastor Smith, thank you for preaching the gospel truth. During your meeting, I was saved, and I believe God has called me to preach the gospel. The only problem is I've got 12 kids at home. And he responded in the letter back, and he said, Dear ma'am, I am so thankful that God saved you and called you to preach, but I'm even more thankful that he's already given you a congregation of 12. Okay? So ladies, no matter how big your congregation is, be encouraged. Be encouraged. You are shaping lives for eternity. Number two, be like Jesus. Be Christ-like in all you say and all you do. May your testimony be, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Be like Jesus. You know why? Because your kids see the real you. They, They don't see the facade you or the public you. They see the real you. And while you can fool some people sometimes, you can't fool your kids. I told first service this. I guess I'll tell it again. I'm I'm on my mom's good side because of the gift I gave her. I might be on her bad side now. But when I was a little kid, I remember growing up in Midland, out out in the country. um, Mom, Mom was on the phone a lot when I was a little kid because our church had a whole lot of prayer requests that needed to be shared and so they would constantly share those requests. My dad worked for the phone company, and so he had put together the, the longest cord on the phone than, than anybody that I knew. Literally, I think my mom could walk anywhere in our house and have that phone up to her ear. The cord was that long. She had a mobile phone before there were mobile phones with, her, with that cord. I'd be in the living room floor playing with my... my, uh, my uh, Log, Lincoln Logs. Lincoln Logs, what they were. Do you have some Lincoln Logs? How many, how many had Lincoln Logs? Aren't they great, man? So I'd be playing with my Lincoln Logs. Mom would be on the phone, sharing prayer requests, and she would laugh. Now, my mom, my mom had two laughs. She had her real laugh, and then she had this fake laugh. And dude, I'm, I'm just a little kid down there on the floor, but when she would let out with that fake laugh, remember this, Mom? I'd look up at my mom and say, fake laugh, fake laugh. It's a fake laugh. Then at that cord, long cord, she'd walk by me, Jason, that, pow! Knock me and all my Lincoln Logs over, and I'd have to start over again. It's, 
funny, but it's true. <laughs> I need to go buy some more ferns now, don't I, Mom? <laughs> oh, my goodness. But you know what I'm saying. They see the real you. Can I tell you something? More than, more than anything else you can give your kids, Whitney, more than anything else you can give Ella Jane and Archie, give them Jesus. Let them see Jesus living through you. Amen? Amen. The, the third thing I want you to walk out of here with today is this. Be thankful. I mean, to, to be thankful. If you are a mother, you have been given a wonderful gift and a great responsibility. So do your best. Why don't you say with Mary, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Be thankful for the family God has given you and be the best you can be for them. Mamas, you can do it. We're counting on you. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless all the mothers in this room and in our church. Be with all the ladies who are here today, Lord. Help them to understand the influence that they have on this world. And I pray, dear Lord, that they would use that influence for good and for God. Lord, if there's anyone in this room this morning who needs Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior... I pray that today they would come and invite Jesus into their heart, that they would confess their sins and ask Jesus to become their Savior. Lord, for the rest of us, may we commit our all to you. And I pray that mamas would be able to come today and pray at the altar, asking for your help. May families come today and ask that you bless their families. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to ask that you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. And if you'd like to come and pray at the altar, please come. Maybe, maybe you're a mama and you want to come and ask God to help you raise your kids. Maybe as a family, you would like to just come as a family and ask God's blessing on your family, whether it be a mom or a dad or kids. As God leads, why don't you come and pray, would you? bless our moms and our grandmothers. Lord, there are many in the room today who have lost their mother. She, she's not with them this Mother's Day, and their hearts are, are lonely, and, and they're hurting on the inside. They miss their mama. I pray, dear Lord, that your peace would just fill their hearts, and that your grace would be sufficient. I thank you for the influence of all of our mothers 
And I pray, dear Lord, that the mothers who are present today would continue that legacy of faith and to pass their faith on to their kids and grandkids. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the examples that we've looked at in your word today and help us to follow those examples. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for listening this morning. Y'all are good listeners. Appreciate that. Hope that you take these Bible stories home with you and, and continue to study them on your own. A couple of announcements I'll just start with today right now. As you leave here in a moment, make sure you put your offering in one of those black boxes. We still are taking up first fruit offerings and commitment cards for our campaign if you haven't filled one out. Tonight at 6.30, we have Bible study online, Facebook Live. Ronnie Fox is teaching that, so uh, tune in for that. Wednesday night, we have things going on for all ages, and this Wednesday night, we're going to start back in with Merge Ministry. So if you are a college-age student or you know someone college-age who's coming home for the summer, uh, make sure they're here Wednesday night. Merge Room is upstairs in this room. They're going to start with a Bible study this Wednesday night, talk about big plans for the summer. Next Sunday, May 16th, is celebration service. Uh, it's the day we're going to reveal uh, exactly what you've given to uh, It's Our Turn and our First Fruits Offering. But it all begins at 1015. So mark it down right now. I'm going to come to church at 1015 and start the celebration because the whole service is going to be a party. Y'all like parties? It's going to be a party. And what to start a party off with? How about a sprinkled donut? So in the lobby, we're going to have sprinkled donuts, and you can eat as many as you want and uh, get sugared up and drink some coffee and get juiced up so that you can come in here and celebrate. And at the end of the service, we will be revealing uh, what you've given or pledged over three years and what you've given in first fruit. It's going to be a great, great service. Then the next Sunday, May 23rd, is graduation Sunday. If you are a high school senior or a college graduate, uh, make sure that you talk to Devin and Nathan. Give them their, your information because we want to recognize you on May the 23rd. Mamas, mamas, look at me. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. May God bless you. And I love you. If you hadn't gotten candy, make sure you come get some. Get out of here. <laughs>